0: Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and normally I'm joined by my co-host Joey, but today I'm recording live and in person in Buford, Georgia. I came down here to meet up with my good friend and guest on today's episode, musical artist Nick Heredia. Nick, how's it going?
1: Hi, it's going very well. Thanks for having me. And
0: Nick and I are together today because we're discussing Rush Hour 2.
2: I can't believe you lied to me, man. I'm sorry. you sorry? I got somebody's old chopstick stuck up my ass and all you got to say to me is you sorry? There was an explosion. I don't give a damn. At the American Embassy, two Americans were killed. So you think this guy Ricky Tam blew up the embassy? I don't know. Well, why the hell are you looking for him then? We're going to find out. No, you're going to find out, man. It's two billion Chinese people here. Let one of them be your partner. Where the hell we at now? Massage parlor. Heaven on earth. Now this is more like it. I'm about to go in here and get a massage and a hot tea bath right now. Just follow my lead. Act like a tourist. I am a tourist, fool.
0: This is an American buddy cop action comedy directed by Brett Ratner. The cast includes Passepartout, Ruby Rod, Elena Delgado, Tori from Divergent, Ari Gold, Donnie from Frasier, and Al G. Rhythm. I watched this movie on YouTube. Nick, how did you watch it?
1: I watched this movie on Amazon
0: Prime. Did you have to? Uh, did you rent it or did you buy it? I just rented it. <laughs> I ended up buying this one for full price Let's because uh, this one's staying with me. Uh, okay, oh, wow. well, we, before we begin our discussion on Rush Hour Two, we will recap the events in a synopsis that I wrote myself. Uh, so I'm going to get us started on that right now. Rush Hour 2 starts off right where Rush Hour 1 ended. Chief Inspector Lee of the Hong Kong Police Force and LAPD Detective James Carter are in Hong Kong together enjoying some time off. They're listening to American music, flirting with women, and looking for
1: some mushu. Lee is distracted when he learns of a bombing at the U.S. consulate. Ricky Tan and his gang of triads are the main suspects. Lee lies to Carter and says they are going to a party, but really, they are going to a triad bar in search for Ricky. Once Carter realizes he was lied to, he starts using the karaoke mic to demand the crowd tells him where Ricky is. Just then, Lee sees Hu lee a high-level triad assassin, and gives chase. A fight scene takes place on some bamboo scaffolding, but Hu lee gets away. Carter doesn't want to do
0: police work and wants to enjoy his vacation. Lee lies to him again and says that they are going to a massage parlor to enjoy massages. Carter gets very horned up about the female masseuses, but Lee is all business. When Lee spots Ricky Tan in the massage parlor, he calls for backup, but Carter struts right up to Ricky and confronts him. This leads to a massage parlor brawl with triad goons, and Ricky gets away. The triad goons overpower Lee and Carter, take their clothes, and dump them naked on the Hong Kong Highway. Lee and Carter have to run to the police station wearing only trash and some trash can lids.
1: At the police station, they learn from the U.S. Secret Service that the Americans that died in the U.S. consulate bombing were undercover agents investigating a triad smuggling ring. They don't know what is being smuggled, but the Secret Service believes this is much bigger than Ricky Tan. The Secret Service tells Lee to get out of the way so that they can deal with this. Just then, a bomb goes off in the station and Lee thinks that Carter was killed by the explosion. But he wasn't. Carter was headed back to the massage parlor to retrieve his passport when he spots Ricky Tan getting in a car. Carter follows him to a massive yacht where Ricky is throwing a party. At the same time, the Hong Kong
0: police force tells Lee about the yacht party and asks him to investigate. At the party, Lee talks to Ricky. Ricky says that he is not behind the bombing and that he is being framed. He promises to give Lee all the information he needs to bring down the real perpetrator, but then he is immediately shot and killed by Hu Lee. Lee fights Hu Lee's goons, but she escapes on a boat. Lee and Carter are reunited, and Lee is relieved to see that Carter is alive. Back on land, they are accosted by the Secret Service for getting Ricky killed. Now the case has grown cold as Ricky was their only lead. They tell Lee he's off the case and send Carter back to L.A.
1: Lee drives Carter to the airport and reveals that Ricky was once his father's partner on the police force, but he left the force right around the time when Lee's father was killed. Carter invites him to come back to L.A. with him to follow the money. Carter met billionaire Stephen Rain on the yacht, and he thinks Steve could be involved in whatever Ricky was up to.
0: In LA, they meet Isabella Molina, a Secret Service undercover agent who tells them that Ricky has a printing press and has been printing counterfeit super bills to get rich. She asks them to help her take him down by tracking down the plates used for printing. Carter uses a local informant to track counterfeit bills to a local bank where they encounter Hu Lee. She kidnaps them and puts them in the back of a truck headed for Las Vegas. Carter and Lee escape the truck and realize Ricky is using the Red Dragon Casino in Las Vegas to launder all of his counterfeit money. They buy fresh suits so they can mack out and look fly before heading into the casino.
1: Isabella is there too, and she tells Lee where the plates are. Carter creates a distraction by loudly playing craps, and Lee sneaks into the bag. But, who lee is there and captures Lee again and puts a bomb in his mouth. She takes him to Ricky Tan, who is still alive. He faked his death to throw them off his trail. Ricky tells Hu Lee to kill Lee, but Isabella stops her. Lee escapes down to the casino floor where chaos breaks out. He's able to get the bomb out of his mouth just in time before Hu Lee detonates it. Lee pursues Ricky Tan to the penthouse of the
0: casino. Meanwhile, Carter fights with Hu Lee, who is far superior to him in combat.
1: Luckily, she knocks over a statue, and a spear stabs her and kills her. Up in the penthouse, Stephen Rain has decided to end his partnership with Ricky Tan. Ricky Tan stabs him in the stomach just as Lee walks in. Lee is able to hold Ricky at gunpoint, and Ricky revealed that he killed Lee's father. Carter walks in and encourages Lee to shoot Ricky, but Lee can't do it. Ricky wrestles free and grabs the gun and tries to shoot Lee, but Carter holds a carpet up to block his view. Lee kicks Ricky out of the window and he falls to his death. Just then, who Lee walks in, battle damaged, holding a bomb that is about to explode. Lee and Carter use their suit jackets to slide down some cables outside of the casino as the bomb goes off behind them. At the Las Vegas airport, the Secret Service begrudgingly
0: admits that they are indebted to Lee for bringing justice to Ricky Tan. Isabella Molina gives Lee a kiss and Carter is impressed with his partner. The two are about to head their separate ways when Lee mentions that he'd like to go to New York City. The duo decides it's time for a real vacation, and they dance down the terminal together. The end. So there you have it, the events of Rush Hour 2. Uh, We'll begin our analysis by going over our pros and cons. Nick, what did you like
1: about Rush Hour 2? So Rush Hour 2, I just love it. I think it's a fantastic buddy cop movie and um since it's a sequel to the first one we kind of already know what carter and lee's relationship dynamic is like and they're kind of familiar with it because they've already done one movie together so i like having a movie that is is kind of just a continuation of it, I like that it also takes place in China rather than the LA, like the first one happened in. So you kind of get to see both worlds that both these detectives come from. Right, at least starts out in yeah, Hong Kong. exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I just think it's great. It's very funny. Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are a great combo, and and just like in the first one, Chris Tucker just gets to be Chris Tucker, and yes. Jackie Chan gets to be Jackie Chan by doing his hilarious but also very impressive um, martial arts skills.
0: Absolutely. I agree with all of that. This movie, first and
1: foremost, it's funny. It's a funny
0: movie. And I enjoy comedies. Uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker are great together, just like they were in the first movie. Still a very dynamic duo. Chris Tucker is loud and proud. And and like you said, he's playing Chris Tucker, which is honestly one of the best ways to utilize him as an actor. Jackie Chan, he's funny. And he's also uh, his stunts are amazing, as always. I felt like this movie, he took a step forward in his uh, kind of English speaking yeah. and being a little bit more natural on camera as as far as, like again, acting in English. There were parts of this movie where, while this movie is mostly just for laughs, there were a couple scenes that asked for Jackie to be pretty dramatic. And I felt like he did, for, for in the scope of this movie, pretty well. So I was impressed by that. There's lots of solid comedy and action throughout this movie, and it's lighthearted and easy to watch. This one, you're never really going to get that down uh, while you're watching Rush Hour 2. So those are our pros. Let's move on to what we didn't like. Uh, What are your cons for Rush Hour 2?
1: So in coming up with my cons for this movie, it was honestly very difficult because also I chose this movie. To review, um, but the one thing I that did really like I noticed immediately, and I was just like, "Why this feels unnecessary?" Was the ongoing back and forth with with Isabella's character on whether she's good or not. They're <laughs> like, "Oh, she's for the Secret Service, but is she undercover? Is she really working for the bad guys? Yes. We, we don't know." And throughout the movie, they keep flip flop, but you don't really know. And I'm and I'm just like just have her be undercover secret service because at the end of the movie that's eventually that's what it is she's just undercover which makes sense because she's in the secret service right just to go on going back and forth was just felt unnecessary to me
0: yeah thinking back she she says what she is at the beginning she's like (laughs) i'm a secret service person here's how like this should go and then after that they have their moments of doubt but it's never really she never truly flips the other direction. Yeah. When she like knocks them out when who Lee captures them, she was saving their lives, saving you know. And then sure. after that, she just basically helps them the whole time. So like the movie was trying to play at this like, "Ooh, is she good is she not?" but she was always good and it was like kind of obvious. So, yeah, I I, I agree with that. My first con is that they don't say rush hour in this one. Uh, like in the first one they definitely did, but they don't say rush hour in the second one. Then we also have uh, like another thing I think could have been better was that they don't have enough Jackie Chan fight scenes. I love Jackie Chan fight scenes. The ones they have in this movie are really good, but minimal. We could have used more. I, I wouldn't even say minimal. There's fun there's a plenty, but like for a movie that is Chris Tucker being Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan doing fight scenes, we could have used more Jackie Chan fight scenes.
1: Definitely. Going back, I was watching this and I was like, dang, there's there's actually I feel like there was more. Jackie Chan fight scenes in the first one I than agree. there were in this one.
0: Yeah. It's like It's Again, while I love the stunts in this one, could have used more. Then also, I think that unlike the first one, this one misses the mark on some of the culture shock jokes. There's plenty of ones that are still good, but there's also ones where I'm like, okay, that's just being racist. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll get into that. And then finally just like the first one, I mean, this movie is very similar to the first one, Uh, there's no real message. There's opportunities for this movie to go beyond just being like a uh, action movie, and they don't do it, which is kind of disappointing, especially because they had pieces there that you could have used to to get to something a little bit more uh, cathartic, but unfortunately, they don't. So. Well, okay, we'll get into our overall section now, and I have a few questions for you, Nick. So we'll start with this one. Why did you pick this movie? You could have picked any movie on Affable Chat, but this is the one you wanted to do. So, what
1: is the reason? So I picked this movie um, because I, um, as I like I mentioned earlier, I just think this is such a uh, a good buddy cop duo dynamic it's very simple uh it's kind of like what you said earlier watching this movie it's kind of hard to just be down when you're watching it just because it's such a good time um uh i think jackie chan and chris tucker i guess because they've both already done one movie together they knew what they were kind of doing with this other one and i think um the action and combo with the the comedy i think it, it just works well and uh and because you and I are such good friends, I I always like to to meme and joke about just how how Ben and I are both just being Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan respectively, both at the yeah, same it's, time. Yeah, it's
0: funny because yeah, this, these movies had a big they they held a special place in our heart, or they hold a special place in our heart because we watched them together in our youth. Yeah, and I I, I agree with you, like we are both Jackie Chan and, and Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker. It's like we are the duo, but we're both of them at the same time. same time.
1: time yeah, in so. just different elements and. and And I just think it's such a feel-good movie. And I was like, I would love to see Affable Chat's take on this. Especially since you guys have already done the first Rush Hour.
0: Right, right. During part of our Chris Tucker series, which if you haven't listened to it yet, listener, you should. uh, If you enjoy Rush Hour. And well, another thing about this movie in particular is that it was the most commercially successful Rush Hour movie. This one made the most money. So it's also... I feels like if we did the first one, we might as well also do the second one because they've got like it was the most successful. Yeah, this is a international uh, like iconic film. Uh, at, in at the very least, a lot of people have seen it. This movie is this
1: <laughs> very international, given that there's literally three different locations, two of them being in America. Yeah, but like it what like it starts off in Hong Kong, and then they're in L.A., and then they're in Vegas. Like it's this this movie definitely does a good job at controlling both narratives using. The, the plots that like yeah, both but, our characters are from
0: so i was actually a little disappointed that they went back to la yeah i loved the culture shock of having carter in hong kong yes and i wish they spent more time there Me too. We got plenty of L.A. in Rush Hour 1. And I was enjoying the role reversal of having Carter struggle with the native language instead of Lee. Like literally the opposite. Yeah, You could have done so much more with scenes of people speaking Cantonese and Carter not knowing what the hell is going on. I thought that was ripe with opportunities for comedy because Carter loves to be the guy who, like, knows what's going on. He's so confident. Definitely. And seeing him be confident like that in a situation where, like, when they're in the, the triad club. <laughs> yes. And he, he's like, Jackie, like, translate for translate me. For- and then Jackie is not actually saying what he's saying. That was hilarious. Hilarious. They, they could have done that again, or they could have done other situations where, like, again, it's like uh, miscommunication because they're speaking different languages. Rush Hour 1 showed us that that's very funny. And they, to me... The return to America reveals a lack of confidence in the audience's ability to appreciate other cultures. Yeah. Besides the United States, I will say that my favorite part of the movie was the third act, and that all takes place in Vegas. So that's like, I, at first I was like, oh, Las Vegas, but then after watching, I was like, okay, actually, this actually was good. But they could have used a Chinese casino, in freaking China, yeah, and it would have made been just as good, if not better. It's like. This is literally a Chinese themed casino. Just have that in
1: China. Dude, for yeah, for me this movie feels like rise, then fall, then rise again because so for me, like it starts off so strong because they're in Hong Kong, and I and I love it. it like the moment when they're ta- they're trying to ma- you know, flirt with ladies while in the car listening to Beach Boys, and then they go to the triad bar. I thought that was so golden. Yes, and then the massage part, like, like exactly like exactly what I said. Everything that's happening in Hong Kong is so rise, and then it falls when they go to Vegas or when they go to LA, and then it rises again when they go to Vegas, and right. then it has a good cl- climactic ending.
0: I definitely agree with that. It's yeah. uh, it was definitely just felt unnecessary to go to Los, uh, to L.A. Uh, as much as, you know, that's kind of the rush hour location, it's yeah. just, we did that already. So, yeah. yeah, I think we agree on that. So
1: here's another question for you, Nick. What about this movie speaks to you personally? Well, I just love the humor. And uh, going back on, on what I said, I think the just the dynamic that um, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan have with their characters, they, they kind of are, they've done a movie where they've had to try out what they're doing for these characters, um, in the first one, and then for the second one, you know, in in Director Lee and um James Carter, they're both on on vacation, and so it sets you up with like, oh, they're just relaxing. No, but they're also totally saving the case. The thing I also love about this movie is that it is kind of personal for Lee. Um, it's it's kind of like re- redeeming the situation where about his father getting killed, and I, and I I I love that even you know. James Carter in the movie is like if I had the opportunity to do that for my you know ex you know cop father if I had a chance to like square his death I would do it so I'm I'm here with you buddy it just again it just feels really best friendly and dynamic and I I just I it's it, it's feel good for me
0: sure sure and I, I, well because the central conflict of this movie is kind of. Lee's relationship with Ricky Tan and both of them having this relationship with Lee's father, right? Because Ricky Mm -hmm. was once Lee's father's partner on the force, but then Ricky left the force and, like, ultimately killed Lee's father. Lee wasn't sure, but, like, you could tell he was a little bit sussy about Mm -hmm. that. And when Ricky tells Lee that he did kill his father... It's a tense moment, but we don't have much to go on when it comes to how Lee feels about this. You know, obviously he's upset that his dad died, but he doesn't have like, we, he never expresses what he wants to do, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. because like when he walks in the room, he, he says like, if you reach for that gun, I'll kill you. And then Ricky reaches for the gun, but then Lee isn't sure if he wants to kill him. Yeah. Why not? Does Lee have some sort of code against killing? I feel like he doesn't. He's freaking throwing guys off of buildings earlier (laughs) in the movie. So he's probably fine with killing. But we just haven't heard about it. He just never expresses it. Yeah. And then he does end up killing Ricky anyways Mm -hmm. by kicking him out of the window. It would have been nice to see if Lee doubled down on some sort of lesson that he learned from his father. And that was the reason he was able to kill Ricky. You know, somehow avenging his father by showing that his father was right all along yeah. to not be corrupted the way that Ricky was. Mm-hmm. Something where it's like, like you always believe in like justice over money or something. Yeah, like, it's like you, like you would have known that like justice will always like defeat money <laughs> or something like that. But it doesn't have to be that corny, or yeah. maybe it can be that corny. But instead, having a message
1: with it though.
0: Yeah, and inst-
1: like they were, it was
0: instead of that we just get him falling to his death and we learn nothing
1: yeah we learn nothing and and the uh, one thing i will say is like i'm realizing a lot of the the rush hour movies like the the the, the villain demise is always falling <laughs> gravity <laughs> like like the first one was for sure gravity yes. this one at least was uh, it also has a good like for me I'm like okay the 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 villain death was a little bit better cuz he, he doesn't just fall Jackie Chan totally gives a, him a, a good karate kick yes out a window and he just ah! Ah! and then chris <laughs> dude and then chris tucker's freaking delivery is like so good in both the actual scene and the blooper cuz in the blooper he's like he's like damn he ain't gonna be in Rush Hour 3. And it's like, <laughs> iconic. But then in, in the actual movie, he's like, damn! Good kick, Lee. And (laughs) Lee's like, it was an accident. Like, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, my gosh. That reminds
0: me of the scene where they're in the massage parlor and they're fighting. And Lee is on the ground. He's like, flip me. And then Carter flips him and he starts punching. And just off screen, you hear Carter go, damn. (laughs) I love
1: that. Ah, dude, yeah. But,
0: but, but But sorry, just finishing this one point on defeating Ricky Tan. It, to me, this felt like a big missed opportunity, mm-hmm. and it's why Rush Hour Two, just like Rush Hour One, is a fun distraction, but nothing more. They it's don't lot, yeah. aim higher than that, uh, which is fine, but also you know leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, Definitely, because you know this movie is very similar to the first one, and in a lot of ways, that's a good thing. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker are back, and yeah. each of them is immense in stature and their on-screen chemistry is just as charismatic as it was in rush hour one once again they're on a wild goose chase to figure out what's going on with the bad guy and try to stop him and it doesn't really matter what the bad guy's plan is because we know it's bad and we know we have to kill him and i i actually i like to retrace the steps on the bad guy on the bad guy's scheme yeah. because Sometimes it can be really convoluted. This one I actually don't think was too convoluted. So Ricky bombs the U.S. consulate because two of the undercover agents were sniffing around and probably got too close to figuring out what he was up to. You know, there was some sort of smuggling was going on, and he had to make sure that he silenced them. So then... We've we learned that he's got a United States mint printing press and these like plates that allow him to print $100 super bills that are like perfect. Yeah, they, they're exactly the same. The only difference is that they burn red when mm-hmm. they catch on fire, uh, which I thought was a fun like way to have that. How how the di- have them differentiate between regular bills and those? Right, know? the the part where he like burns the bill in front of Don Cheadle. And, <laughs> He's like, like, "What are you like,
1: doing, man?" To prove
0: that they're fake. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. dude,
1: I, I gotta say, I gotta I take this moment to to appreciate the Don Cheadle cameo. Yes, because the way they do his character is so great in there. And then they find you find out that him. And Inspector Lee, like they were both taught like martial arts by like two brothers. Yes. Like, that's, well, sh- it's
0: funny because Don Cheadle only agreed to be in this movie if he could do a fight scene with Jackie Chan. That really? was like, yeah, that was what one of the trivia things that
1: came across. Trivia. That's awesome. Which, honestly, is, which is
0: why they have that like kind of unnecessary like, t- like little sparring match yeah, in there.
1: Yeah, that's the, yeah, he's very <laughs> aggressive, but, uh, but honestly, so good. And, Such a and, great and, request. And I think, yeah, no, a great request of Don Cheadle. And and for me, that just makes me respect him more because, as a kid, before I watched Rush Hour, my only association to Jackie Chan was the Jackie Chan Adventures show. Yes, and and Jackie Chan around the
0: world in eighty days. Did you see that one?
1: I actually didn't grow up seeing I, I saw okay. that movie years later after yeah. it had come out but I definitely that was definitely one that I was like learning mean, a lot about kids. Jackie Chan yeah it's definitely one of those movies that was like like this guy knows martial arts right. and he's funny oh he's for, so funny he's so great and and uh <laughs> and that one has Arnold Schwarzenegger too where they like he has a
0: like they're tipping over one of his statues like no not my statue of me
1: <laughs> like ha, ha ha he's oh Dang. he's great I gotta I gotta rewatch that movie but yeah like but growing up up Jackie Chan adventures it's still same same you know concept where he's really good and he's just a good you know hearted you know kind person but he he has sometimes has to use martial arts to to solve his problems and and uh, and the way he does it
0: is so fun to watch it's it's interesting when you watch rush hour because they have two very different styles of action being done side by side yeah when you see Carter getting into a fight it's a lot of jump cuts. The camera does not linger on anything for too long, and you get that juxtaposed with Lee's fight scenes, yeah. which are just Jackie Chan fights. Yeah, and they're long cuts where this is a pro. it's like a dance, and the hits are so convincing. Choreography. The choreography is insane. Everybody is like <laughs> really pushing themselves to the limits it's great and what's actually interesting is rush hour two does a pretty good job of it just like rush hour one but if you watch jackie chan's movies like his like international films they get so technically yeah definitely rush hour is like it's like a fun sampler platter of like Mm -hmm. what he's capable of but he He gets so much more he can do so much more just because he's so impressive so like one of my favorite scenes in this movie, as far as action scenes for uh, Jackie Chan, is the scene where they're in the casino and he's in the back room I trying know, to dodge all the guards. Yes, and he slides himself through the slot that you're supposed to slide the money through. Yes, I was blown away. So
1: that's th- fu- actually th- this is probably the best time to to bring it up. There's a, like a fun fact because there's like even in the bloopers, every every rush hour movie you see the bloopers to it during yes. the credits. Yes, and he had to do that scene so many times, and one of the times he actually got injured. Like he had to go to the the hospital whatever but i love that that one of them he like gets hurt and then he gets up he's like jackie chan always good and legit jackie chan always still comes back he he still comes back to finish rush hour two and that stunt where he goes through a little slot it's you know it's absolutely incredible definitely um almost makes up for the lack of action but you're right I i love that there's different there's two different types of Action happening, whereas, like, like you said, with Carter, just doing regular a- Act, yeah, actor sign. It's fine. It's but fun. It gives you an opportunity
0: to appreciate what the stuff that Jackie does which is so totally. much more uh, real feels like the wrong word because it's not real, right? It's, it's for they're pretending to fight yeah. but it, it's so much more technically impressive which is why everybody respects Jackie Chan yeah. so much. He really embodies the phrase I do my own stunts.
1: Yeah, and it really and and, and uh, you know for those of you listening who, who just aren't so familiar who probably just didn't grow up with. Jackie Chan Avengers or um, uh, eighty was it? around, around world the, the world in 80, 80, eighty days. Yeah, um, you can still go back and watch like an old Jackie Chan movie, and he yes. can do like what Bruce Lee and all them do, very aggressively or whatnot. But but like apparently Jackie Chan has said in interviews, I want to be a little more you know family friendly and and you know charming with my action. That's why his stuff is more comic relief related. Yes. And it's yeah, so, and
0: like the way he's beating people up is not like. It's not like John Wick where you're like, dang, uh, he just shoved a pencil through that guy's ear. Yeah, it's, just, like, uh, he's yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like get away. It's like he just freaking hit that guy over the head with something I would never imagine using as a weapon.
1: So I love when he ties the guy on the bamboo like fort, that's yes, there he like ties him on that, and then he's just like, <laughs> enjoy your meal to the to the family. He's like respectful
0: to his elders. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's so great. So so Ricky Tan, he's got the he's printing the super bills, but what and then when Lee and Carter are kind of on his trail, Ricky tries to throw them off by saying he's being framed and then he fakes his murder to get them off his trail, which when he fell in the water, I was like, cause it's been a long time since I've seen rush hour two. I didn't yeah. really remember the plot. I was like, I don't know if he's dead. Oh,
1: when they shoot him. Whenever
0: we, a character uh, dies and then like immediately like goes away and you can't really confirm their death, it's like yeah. I don't know. I about don't know. This. Yeah, you're you're not sure. But I love I liked the uh, misdirection. I do think that Rush Hour Two's like conflict is much more straightforward than Rush Hour One, which is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. The uh, then they Carter suspects that Stephen Rain is involved, so they that's why they go to L.A. Which again could could work, but Stephen Rain could also just be some Chinese guy. Yeah. You know? And it's like, that Carter meets at the party and then he's like, I think he's the guy. We should go to his tower because it's named after him or whatever. Anyways, we've we've covered that. Yeah. Uh, So, when they go to L.A., they end up figuring out that the fake money is being used at a bank and they're really lucky because when they walk in, they ask for the guy who does his gambling at uh, Don Cheadle's like <laughs> restaurant. And then the guy just gets up and sprints straight to who without even saying anything. He's just like, ah, and then, right. And then Hu kidnaps them, brings them to Las Vegas. And then that's where we learn that they're using the red dragon casino to launder the money. And that's basically it. That's his scheme. And then he's trying to get away with it. Mm-hmm. And, I don't understand why Steve was like, "I'm pulling out of the deal and taking Early, the plates yeah. with me." It's like,
1: why? I, you know, it, it, it's funny because in that same scene, uh, it, it feels like Stephen Ray. Rain, Stephen Rain's trying to be really cool, but but he's also showing his gun off. Yeah, he's he's and he's also trying to be a word of wisdom. He's like, "Do you know what that that?" Story you told. Yes. He's like greed will imprison us all. It's like, okay, well you're the one who seems pretty greedy, taking <laughs> these plates with you, cutting the deal or like showing off your gun. You're, you're literally the rich yeah. you already own half of LA. Like yeah. Chris Tucker literally said in the movie.
0: Right. So it's like we get no real background on who Stephen Rain is, and then he just gets killed. Killed, yes. He's like he must have been an idiot to think he's like, I know that I'm working with this freaking international crime. Lord. Board? Yeah, yeah, but it's like I'm just gonna rip him off and hopefully i don't die and then instantly (laughs) dies yeah so i thought i don't know i thought that was a little bit wacky like again even though the plot is much more straightforward in this one there are parts of it like that where i'm like what who wrote this (laughs) Uh, so anyways let's focus a little bit on, on chris tucker Chris Tucker is Chris Tucker again, yes. you know, he's <laughs> Rush Hour 2, Chris Tucker again, <laughs> you know? The like,
1: return of the legend, Chris Tucker.
0: Yes, and he is definitely the kind of, uh, the strawberry or the chocolate ice cream to the Neapolitan, uh, pint we've got here of like Jackie Chan mixed with Chris Tucker mixed with like a funny movie, you know? Definitely. He's loud, he's braggadocious, and he's constantly making an ass of himself. This movie succeeds when they give him a chance to work the crowd. His Don't Stop Till You Get Enough performance was triumphant.
1: So, so good. All the different you know, moments in that when he's like, Don't stop till you get enough! And he's, like, <laughs> he's, he's living for it because he's noticing more people are checking him out. He loves being the distraction. It's so great.
0: I'll be right back. I'll, I'll be, be right back. I'll be
1: right back! <laughs> Lee, come over here. These people love me, man. <laughs> Shimon Lee! Shimon! <laughs> Shamone! So good. Ta-da.
0: It's like uh and it must have been even funnier when you know, like back when this was made because you've still got Michael Jackson alive oh, and yes. you know he's still very prominent I culturally, but still like even more so yeah. at that at that point. Uh his tirades at the craps table were <laughs> hilarious, and his ability to kind of be like confident in a situation where it's high pressure that's to me like the true superpower Uh, of james carter where he can be this cocky like he knows that he's in danger and he knows that like you know things are getting like kind of heated more tense but he's able to still act like it's not like that i that's what i love about the character and chris tucker pulls that off uh, in such an impressive way
1: yeah yeah no if you put chris tucker in a situation where he's supposed to draw you know a lot of attention he's not going to fail you he he's fantastic and and you're right it is totally a superpower it is a secret weapon that he's like like okay there's too many eyes on Car- like carter you're gonna need or, or uh lee you're gonna need some some like backup let me create a distraction and then you can tr- then yes. you can investigate and it's it, yeah he delivers and uh so talking about the michael jackson stuff again uh, it, it's it's just stuff that it, it's funny that you mention it because um it's it's just be, because Jackie uh, Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker and Michael Jackson literally got to also do their own Rush Hour off in the Don't Stop not don't stop to get enough but the uh, you rock my world music yes, video. Yes. Yes. Wait, was Jackie Chan in that? No, but but the way if you watch it, it t- totally is like a reference to Rush, Rob- <laughs> because they're both wearing suits. They're both eaten at the beginning of the music video. They're they're both eating like Chinese food, or, yes, or, or like or they're dealing Thai with like a mob, yeah, yeah. and they're totally like organized being, crime, totally, yeah. And and then Chris Tucker sees some girl that's really cute, and yeah. he's like, ooh. Man, look at that girl over there. Yes. I wants a mooshu.
0: <laughs> classic, classic. And that came out like right around the same time as this movie. So, yeah, there's definitely a little bit. There's a dot to connect there. And, and but speaking of Jackie Chan... He's great in this movie as well, uh, which is what we expect from Jackie Chan every time he's on the screen. His stunts are amazing. His fight sequences are well choreographed. Watching a Jackie Chan fight scene is like watching the world's most talented ballerina perform a technically challenging dance, except it's even better because it's easy to understand. I mean, I don't know anything about like plies and uh, sachets or any other ballet. I don't even know if that second one's a ballet word, but... I do understand punching somebody in the face or smashing a flower pot over somebody's head. Totally. So that's why it's so easy to appreciate what Jackie Chan's doing. Watch him use cabinet doors as weapons or climb up bamboo scaffolding, all while adding in little bits of comedy. Watching Jackie Chan do his stunts is a spectacle unlike any other, and it's one of the best aspects of this film. I I do like the subplot in this movie uh, where we get Carter... His like relationship to women thing. Like, yeah. It's not very well built up, but like I think they justify Carter being such a horn dog by contrasting that with how Lee is like all business. And he's like, mm-hmm. when are you gonna have a date? Like, when's the last time you had a date? It's like, you don't understand me, is basically saying, like, you don't understand that I, I can sometimes get a kiss from a woman. Yeah. But that ends up coming through, and it is nice to see Lee get like the girl at the end with the kiss from
1: Isabella. Molina. I love Lee coming back with the quips um, in the movie, specifically when the when they're talking, when they're like eyeing Isabella from the building, yes, uh, uh, next to her, and they're like spying on her, and and this is the first time Jackie, or, or, or rather um, Inspector Lee, has like seen her, and it's cool because Chris Tucker's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna snooze for a little bit, you do your thing, <laughs> and he's like, oh, and he's like slow down baby and he's totally he's getting horned up and then and then they and then Chris Tucker away she's like wait what, what? She, she's getting undressed and then she's like oh look at that little tattoo it's Snoopy Oh Snoopy I love Snoopy Well hold on I like I like Snoopy too and then, and then later on're they're, they're talking about it and and they're like J- Jackie Chan just talk about how he is with ladies and he's like ladies like me they think I'm cute like snoopy <laughs> like yeah here yeah. hearing of the quips that he gives there's definitely a
0: subplot there of like jackie chan or lee specifically yeah relationship to women and like whether or not that is like a part of his life he's, he's too focused on business or if he'll have time for something like that <laughs> honestly it's like barely even a, a, a message because it's like what is the message While you're being a super cop Make sure you make time for like kissing (laughs) ladies Like okay thank you for that But like it is something That I think comes across In a way where the kiss at the end of the movie Is at least set up And isn't just totally random Because a lot of times you know movies will have Your main character has to Like basically have a girlfriend at the end of the movie Kind of reminds me of the robots Where it's like at the end of that movie Everybody gets a girlfriend Like it doesn't matter (laughs) if it was really justified fight or not (laughs) by the end of this movie we have to pair up everybody and ship
1: everybody yeah uh people love romanticizing things
0: yes but i'm glad that it's just a kiss and then she goes on her own way because the real relationship we care about in this movie is lee and carter which just like you said earlier like it's it's so great that we have rush hour one because rush hour two doesn't have to justify our two characters being together they just start off together and we get the maximum amount of carter and lee together in this movie and they even have
1: like the little breakup where Lee thinks that Carter <laughs> dies so yes I'll oh, do I, I love the scene and, and exactly what you said earlier there are scenes that demand for Jackie Chan to be m- emotional rather than humorous yeah and that scene when when, when he thinks Carter is dying oh it, we
0: can actually play that scene right now Here, yeah I'll play that for you. you okay Lee? all he wanted was some mooshu
1: <laughs> that's so. That's so iconic. It's
0: funny because it's a funny line because they set it up earlier, but it also is like he's like
1: he just he's wanted, kind of
0: acting his ass off.
1: He's, to, like, to he's make just like he just to hang sad. with the ladies. He just wants some mooshu. It's so cute. And then later on, he's in the he's in the car listening to "I'll Be Missing You," and it's the and you see him doing the the head bob that he that Chris Tucker doesn't rush hour one yes. like it's such a it's a callback and he's like damn I miss my friend who's funny and loves the ladies like th- this guy was a feel-good guy and I love that you know that moment even if it's not someone a friend who's deceased we've all done that with our best friend we're like damn I miss my I miss my <laughs> boy and it's totally yes. it Jackie Chan did such a good way of showing that
0: yes and and again it's rush hour so they never take <laughs> yeah. it super seriously we know carter is not dead true and lee is not really acting like he's not sitting there bawling like yeah yeah dang i just like really
1: a big <laughs> yeah, yeah like
0: so it, it it stays light but
1: and then yeah and then when he sees carter he's like it's you like yeah the class detective oh, you yeah. yeah
0: well we also get yeah th- it leads to this like funny <laughs> sequence of dialogue
2: Who got killed, man? Connor! Who died, Lee? You! Detective you? Not you, you! Who? You! Who? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Don't nobody understand the words
1: that are coming out of your mouth, man. Dude, and that's also another callback to Rush Hour One.
0: Yes, but okay. So there's there's certain things that I like of uh, when sure. they call back to the first one. There's certain things that I, I'm not a big fan of. Okay. So like, because that's basically sequelitis, right? It's when Definitely you, sequelitis. Like, we when, don't want to when, de- ma- when you make a second movie, you're going to have things that you from the first movie that you're gonna like kind of reference. Yeah. And for me, this one. Was like roll my eyes, cringe. Doing it a lot for sure, because that was a line that was super, like it's probably the most memorable line from Rush Hour One. It's like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, definitely, everybody remembers that line. But Lee has not seen the movie Rush Hour One <laughs> in this universe he existed. That was just a thing that happened to him. Yeah. So like saying that again to me is like yeah like it's not organic it not was organic. very shoehorned in for the sake of being like look audience this time lee is saying lee that Lee's saying and it. i love the the purpose behind that the mm-hmm. intention behind that totally. because it's role reversal we've got mm-hmm. carter is now in a, his in a foreign country for him mm-hmm. and lee is the one who's kind of like trying to show him the way uh, like you know the culture
1: in in China I am Michael Jackson and you are Toto yes. you mean Tito Toto's what we had last night for dinner we could
0: have had so, like the whole movie should have been that honestly yes. so i again I, I i respect the intention but there's To me, this one was just like, hey, yeah. memo Rush Hour Aggressive, 1 Aggressive, yeah. When you have other things that are done a lot better. Uh, another one that's like kind of a middle ground for me was the one that's
1: like, don't ever touch a, a Chinese man's CDs, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Dang, dude, looking back is hilarious. Because the first one is don't touch a black man's radio. Yes, which is another iconic ch- line. Yeah, don't touch a Chinaman CD. But I feel like if they did Rush Hour Now, it'd be like, don't, don't touch my Spotify. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but But he's. <laughs> Uh,
0: that the the Don't Touch a Chinese Man's CDs that one to me comes across a little bit better because he's like trying to be snarky or maybe like or maybe that's how he genuinely feels about compact discs but <laughs> It, like that but there are other ones that really come across really well like you mentioned dancing in the car like Carter Oh, that's like yes that's organic that makes sense and we recognize it when we see it the part at the end of the movie when they're in the terminal and they're decided they're going to go to New York City yeah, they're and dancing. they're walking together and dancing and like putting their arms together just like that scene when they, uh, we're listening to war yes, in the first and r- movie first and like that's such an endearing scene and it makes sense that they would do that again so it's like there's good and there's bad in kind of like the sequelitis department. department but to me him being like dude you understand the words are coming out of my, my mouth. mouth. I rolled, I rolled. like cringe to the max. I'm sorry, Cringe City, baby. But that's also just what you deal with with sequels. sequel's. You know, See? yeah, it's just like, how sequels be, right? So. Speaking of sequels, um, Hu Lee, uh, you know, the triad assassin. Yeah. She basically just filled in the role of of, like the blonde guy from from the first first one. one, Definitely. (laughs) Where it's like not the like bad guy, but like the bad guy's like enforcer and also the person who kind of goes toe to toe with Carter. Yeah. uh, In the conflict.
1: Oh my God. Totally goes to. Yeah, Toto with Carter for sure, and yeah, she fills that role. She's she's a ruthless killer, and that's pretty I like much that her it's whole It's a purpose. woman this time though, because because yes. Chris Tuckers or, or uh, you know, and, and Detective Carter also is attracted to her. He's horned up the entire movie, and he's just like, I'm gonna not pretend you're you're uh, a woman, I'm gonna pretend you're a man, but also a beautiful man that I want to take to the movie. Well, <laughs> what's says.
0: interesting is that her who Lee was originally supposed to be a man. Okay. And the actress, I've, I don't have her name in front of me, but like the actress who played the role did mm-hmm. such a great job that they were like, okay, yeah, she can be a woman. Totally. So it's uh, yeah, I thought she was great. I mean, she she is scary, right? When she shows up, our heroes in are in big trouble. Definitely. And I thought her fight her fight with Carter was like cool because it's probably like the most involved we get to see Carter in a fight scene. Yeah, where He's it's determined. Like, well, it, but also like she defeats herself in like such a stupid way, very silly. Like she she basically steps on a rake. Like, <laughs> yes, I mean it's a spear, but it's basically like when a cartoon character steps on a rake. The way she defeated herself, and then later she she suicide bombs, which. Is like every character can't die when they sit. The movie says they're dead. Yeah. Like, you know? like, oh, they're
1: they're, they're totally she's dead. She's Oh, I thought she died earlier. <laughs> every, every every villain gets two deaths per rush hour movie.
0: Yeah, but but to me, she was just disappointing. Like she was set up to be yeah. such a badass that she like basically kills herself twice. So yeah. it's like okay, whatever, Carter is totally unafraid of her the entire yeah. fight scene and i wish that he had been you know oh, mm-hmm. and again another situation where it's like what are carter's motivations why does carter why is he able to defeat her despite not being as good at fighting right yeah. is there something where he's like that like welcome to the usa baby or something where it's like yeah. american exceptionalism or like I, i'm just reaching for something because there's, there's nothing there but it's like or another one could be like I don't know. The money did save him, so I thought that was kind of (laughs) cool. That I did love. You know, that was
1: all right. Thank you, Benjamin.
0: Yes, uh, and that was set up. But overall, I thought like Huli was set up to be such this powerhouse, and then the way she just defeats herself is like pretty lame, in my opinion. There's still plenty of uh, culture shock comedy in this one, just like in the first one, but some of it has not aged very well. The one that sticks out in my mind is when Carter accidentally punches Lee in the face, <laughs> and then has to justify it by saying, "All y'all look the same." Yes, that may have been funny in two thousand one, but today it just comes across as straight up straight racist. racist. Yeah, like the joke is that all <laughs> Chinese people look the same. Look the same? Damn. Damn. Like, that's all y'all look alike. That's pretty bad. Damn. So I like that. I did not love. Two thousand one
1: humor coming in strong.
0: Yes, and and that's a a pitfall of most comedy movies. The way I like to look at it, dated
1: like that. Yeah, sure. The way I like to look at
0: it is not that a comedy movie. I mean, if it's bad enough, it's bad enough. But for the most part, it's like I expect comedy movies to age poorly. And if I watch a comedy movie that ages well, then I am like, I'll praise that. You know, Mm. but I kind of expect comedy to just fall apart as the years go by because things change, humor changes. Yeah, but. This movie, I felt like Rush Hour 1 holds up better than Rush Hour 2 uh, when it comes to that kind of culture shock comedy. Totally. Uh, even though there's, a, like, for the, like, there's plenty of times where they do a good job of it being Carter b- looking like an idiot for being ignorant of other cultures. Yes. So I, I feel like we're going down this path of like comparing Rush Hour 1 to Rush Hour 2. And one major way that this movie is better than Rush Hour 1 is that it ends with a bang. Yeah. In the first movie, they have this vest with a bunch of C4 on it in the final battle with the bad guy. It's on it's on the girl, the little girl. That's right, funny. yeah. But it never explodes. it's like you, it's building up to this climactic finish and then no, there's no boom. No boom, yeah. This movie gives us our action movie explosion with our heroes jumping out the window and barely escaping. Sure, it's a cliche. I know. But it's great when it's done well, and this movie nails it. I agree.
1: I, I definitely agree. It, it's 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 the give and take you said because the circumstances of the explosion are who Lee just committing suicide. But it definitely gives us the bang that we want. And especially when Carter and Lee have no choice but to use their jackets and leave, and they're ah like they're just sliding down. It definitely feels so action comedy. Yes. Which yes. is exactly what we need from the dynamic that is Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. We love seeing those two guys
0: be in trouble and barely escape. And yes. They do a great job of like dodging the explosion, crashing into the sign, being like swung out into the strip on uh, the Las Vegas strip and then falling down and almost getting run over by a car like all that stuff is just funny and it's a great way to end our action movie if you're not going to give me depth at least give me some surface level fun and they yeah. delivered on that in the climax here which so, is yeah, yeah the
1: whole like for me like that's what i anytime i'm recommending this movie it's that it, i'm trying to sell that it's just a fun time
0: it's just a fun time yeah so in 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 conclusion to wrap up our overall section. This movie is one for lovers of Rush Hour 1. If you didn't like the first one, then this one is not going to change your mind. But if you did like the first one, then here's another hour and a half of Rush Hour stunts and antics for you to enjoy. I count myself as one of those fans, so I enjoyed Rush Hour 2 for what it is. Uh, this is this movie's not going to change your life, but it it possibly could bust your gut. Definitely. So I I appreciate that. Now, let's move on to some cool Easter eggs. We've got some cool uh, behind-the-scenes kind of trivia stuff for you. So, the first one. The scene where Carter and Lee are running down the street naked in Hong Kong was an actual take. Production could not block
1: the street off for the shoot, so they just had them run down the street naked. Naked. Hell, yeah, dude. And, and then also, all those... The... Well, the the honks could have been post production, but it just feels real. It feels like they're in China. There's just but imagine being r- asked to do
0: that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how different it is having a bunch of people on a set see you naked versus yeah. real people who aren't getting paid. But I'm sure Jackie Chan
1: and Chris Tucker are comfortable with their bodies.
0: They're just like, well, let's just do it real quick. <laughs> um, earlier, I mentioned that Don Cheadle's character only agreed to do this movie if he got to fight Jackie Chan, but he also. One of his conditions was that he got to speak Chinese. Oh, hell yeah. Which I think is super cool. This like one That's of the,
1: embracing culture. The
0: right heart there. and soul of rush hour is cultures kind of like Combining. combining. Yes. Yes. And for Don Cheadle to like really I think it really shows that Don Cheadle understood that. He got the with silence request. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome. I I love that he was willing to, to commit to speaking a different language. So the counterfeit dollar bills in this movie say in dog we trust instead of in God we trust. And during the shoot, some extras walked off the set with the fake cash and eventually ended up in a few casinos in Las Vegas. The situation went so out of control that production was briefly shut down when the actual FBI subjected the props department to an investigation to determine whether or not they violated the Counterfeit Deterrence Act of
1: 1992. Damn, we need, they were like, we got to find these plates. <laughs> the real, yeah, the big, real. which hour
0: two ends up actually happening. <laughs>
1: Some real guy named Ricky Tan has played. He he murders some guy who's like just the rich guy from, from L.A. Okay, but here's the thing: um, like this is actually a, a good setup
0: for a, a different movie where it's yes. like the movie is about a production company making a movie with counterfeit bills, but the, the counterfeit bills are real counterfeit bills. Yeah, <laughs> and they uh, also
1: burn red too. Yeah.
0: So you talked about in the credits, they have all the outtakes and bloopers. (laughs) So there's a scene where Carter gets a kosher meal and it was originally scripted to have Carter ask Lee, want some of my... I don't even say gafilta gafilta fish, yes. He wants some gefilta fish after the stewardess left. However, Tucker could not pronounce, just like me, he could not pronounce gafilta so the scene never made the final cut. <laughs> all of those outtakes, that's all they had was outtakes. He out. never
1: got it. Ge- what is this? F- filter fish. He keeps on. Dude, the back and forth and the outtakes for that moment are hilarious. Yes, especially
0: because you know Chris Tucker is improvising, so <laughs> it must be so frustrating for him to not be
1: able to deliver. And they're like, like you're supposed love is he because I really don't
0: <laughs> uh, and as a nod to this in rush hour three oh, Carter yeah. does manage to ask a stewardess
1: if there's gefilte fish on his flight dang so. what, a, what a good they, they were like the director was like oh I hate that we didn't get that shot let's put it in another one <laughs> That's funny.
0: Uh, in an interview, uh, director Brett Ratner admitted that the first part of the karaoke scene with Chris Tucker was not supposed to be filmed. Tucker refused to act like Michael Jackson with the cameras running. Damn. Between takes, he went up as entertainment for everyone. Secretly, Ratner told the cameraman to film it, but to not let Tucker notice them. Dude, are you kidding me?
1: Uh, I, I, I wasn't sure if you, like, like, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember hearing about this through TikTok and I was like, is that true, or is it? I don't know how that can possibly be true because yeah. he acts
0: like Michael Jackson for like multiple scenes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like multiple cuts, I guess, like of the and camera. It, and and it,
1: they get like him saying the first before he even gets up there, he's watching a guy doing. Don't stop till you get Enough. He's like, what in the what in the world is this? Man, distorting the classic. Like they set him up to take the mic. Like, his petty and, ass is like. Boo! Boo. He's booing. He's like, I can do Michael Jackson better than this guy. Oh, man. I love that. That's golden.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. One last uh, Easter egg for you. On the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Chris Tucker said that while he was filming this movie in Hong Kong, many locals mistook him for NBA star Kobe Bryant. In the movie, while Carter is running up the stairs, an old woman shouts, move out of the way, Kobe, to him.
1: I did see that in like the <laughs> subtitles, and I was like, that's
0: funny That is funny, and it's also a little bit of payback for his comment <laughs> all y'all about look alike. yeah, they're like actually all y'all look, y'all alike. look alike. Which True. I'm actually kind of surprised. I think it has more to do with the fact that Kobe Bryant is so popular in China mm-hmm. uh, versus them actually looking similar. Because I don't think they look alike at all. Like they, that's completely different. Like complexion and also just their faces are different. I also just love Chris Tucker, so nobody looks like him to me. Like he's just Chris Tucker is Chris Tucker. Yeah so it's uh yeah that but that's all of our cool easter eggs and i think that is going to get us to the end of our discussion on rush hour two as we do at the end of every episode of apple chat we will deliver our ratings nick what rating do you want to give to rush hour two
1: i'm gonna give rush hour two a rating of one chicken that you'd save for information on how to get to heaven on earth massage parlor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He ends up buying the chicken just carrying it around. He's just
1: having, it. he's like, don't kill chicken. He's like, the only way I could save this chicken is just by buying it. Dude,
0: the freaking suit that he was wearing there too looked awesome.
1: Looked, and, and yeah, but the, I love the prelude to that. He's like, cheap suits, cheap suits, how cheap? And he walks in and he comes out with a cheap suit. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I would love uh, to have one of those too.
0: Yes, dude. He looked nice. And that's the other thing. Chris Tucker wearing like Fuego Chinese shirt. outfits. like This movie should have taken place. The entire movie should have been in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. I will not back down on this. Hell yeah. Um, okay. My rating for this movie is I give this movie $1 million in counterfeit money. Let's go. In that, Dog that, We Trust. That
1: burns red. <laughs> in Dog We Trust. That's
0: gold. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for our Rush Hour 2. Nick. Thank you so much for joining me on Apple Chat. You've been on the podcast many, many times, uh, but it's been a while since we've reviewed a movie together, and this is a really special one, so I appreciate you coming on. Um, Where can the people find you? What what do you want to promote?
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was absolutely fantastic, and uh, you can find me and my socials under uh, my name, it's Nick Heredia, and uh, my username is Ndh The Artist on all social media platforms. I also have music available on all streaming services, and I have more music to come uh, this year of 2023. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited, looking forward to some more music from you this year. Uh, looking forward an affable chat. Next up, we're doing. I don't know when this episode is going to come out so we're either going to be next up is either Primer or Cocaine Bear uh, both of which I'm very excited for so keep an eye out for that Uh, but if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes Spotify Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts and Nick here help me out read this next part in blue
1: affablechat.com is your new favorite website on the internet there you can find the latest from us and all of our social accounts including our Twitter Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of which are at Affable Chat, and even our email address, affablechat at gmail.com. If you liked this episode, then
0: tell a friend about it. All you have to say is, have you considered listening to Affable Chat?
1: Affable Chat is live on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch. That's right. That's twitch.tv slash affablechat. That's going to
0: do it for this episode. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. Thanks for listening.